You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. Man, I don't know about you, but if you don't want to just like sprint laps right now after that worship session, like you're crazy. That was so good. Can we make some noise for our worship team and... And Jesus, man, he showed up. So good. Like, I just, like, I just want to punch something right now. I'm so fired up. I'm just going to scoot over so that you. Man, <laughs> y'all were, seriously, y'all were worshiping hard. That was incredible. Well, um, welcome, guys. It's the best day of the week. Who knows it's the best day of the week? That's right. Wednesdays, New Song Students. We are excited to be here. Um, I don't have any announcements. Well, I do, but I decided I was actually going to let Molly and Annie announce something that I didn't announce at the beginning of service. So I'm going to let you guys take that one. Is that cool with y'all? Okay, you're welcome. All of it. Uh, We're just going to jump straight in tonight. Is that okay with you guys? Is that cool if we just jump straight in? Okay, Uh, tonight we're we're kicking off a a brand new series. Who's excited about brand new series? Y'all know. Y'all know your boy Jackson loves a brand new series. Yeah, boy. I'm so excited um, about this series. We're calling it XO. I need you to look to your neighbor and say XO. XO. <laughs> little hug, little kiss. Big, big hug, hug, big, big kiss. kiss. Anyone Anybody? understand? No. Nacho, Nacho Libre. Libre. What? We can't do that. <laughs> hey, guys, guys, it's February. It's the month of love. Valentine's Day is this month. Come on, we were strategic about this one. We were like, we, we cannot not seize this moment to do a relationship series in February. So you know what we said? We're going to do a relationship series in February. So, That's right. Uh, I'm, I'm pumped about this series. Um, we're going to be diving into um, what it looks like to be in relationships. Um, and, and I'm not just talking about boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm talking every single relationship. And we're going to be spending the next four, count them, one, two, three, four. That's right. We're spending the next four weeks talking about relationships. Uh, Some of you guys might be like, how are we going to do that? Well, trust me, we've got some really good stuff in store. But the reason why uh, Haley and I wanted to jump into this first uh, service together with you guys, kick off this series, is because our relationship is perfect. Absolutely and we don't perfect. struggle at all. No, not at all. And, uh, and so we just wanted to share you guys some of our tips and our tricks on how to have a perfect drama-free relationship. No drama. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Can we be real, guys? Relationships are hard, right? Yeah. Raise your hand if you, are, if you have ever had a hard moment in a relationship before. Everybody's hand should be up. That's right. Relationships are Hard. Somebody say they're hard. They're hard. They ain't easy. Relationships are hard. And um, the, the unfortunate thing about relationships is not just that they're hard, but most people, you're either one of two people. Either you don't want to put in the work to make a relationship work because it's a lot of work, or many of us find ourselves in this boat where we just were never taught how to be in healthy relationships. And so what we want to do throughout this series is just walk through what God's word has to say about how to be in healthy relationships. Does anybody want to be in healthy relationships? 
I hope all of you guys would say yes to that. So um, we're going to be talking about relationships because we truly believe that being in relationships that, like, God sees and he would say, that looks like me and that's healthy and that reflects, like, my character changes everything. Somebody say it changes everything. It changes everything. So um, tonight we are going to be laying the foundation for the whole rest of the series, um, and it's going to be really good, right? Yeah. I think it's pretty good. I mean, I came for, yeah, it's going to be good. So I came, to, I came to play the game, um, so. So here's what I need from you guys. I need you guys to lean in. I need you to be in this because we are going to be, <laughs> because everything we say tonight, it's laying the foundation for the rest of the series. So if you miss something tonight, you're just going to miss all of it. And I don't want that for you, so lean in. Seriously, do whatever you need to do tonight just to get the most out of this message, whether that's taking notes or maybe that maybe taking notes distracts you and you just need to be in it with your mind. Do whatever you need to do. Um, but before we get into it, before I give this to Haley, I do want to tell you about how we're going to close this series. Is it okay if I just spoil it for you right here? Okay. Um, you, guys are, you guys are announcing the other thing that I didn't talk about yet. Um, Secrets. We are going to be closing out this series, week four of EXO, with a thing that we're calling asking for a friend. Ooh. Asking for a friend. Ooh, what is that? Oh, man. What does it say? It says, text, ask anything, will answer. Anything. Ooh, okay. So, check this out. New Song students, we are going to be closing out this series. Myself and some of your very own leaders are going to be up on the stage. We're going to have a panel, and we're going to be answering your questions any question i'm talking any question guys. any question anything as long as it's under the umbrella of relationships we're gonna answer it so i'm talking like maybe you're here Shh. stay with me y'all maybe you're here and you've got questions which i hope all of you do maybe you're like man i don't know like in a dating relationship what is too far or maybe you're here and you're like i don't know how to set up boundaries with my friends or maybe you're here and you don't have a very good home life and you're like, I, I know the Bible says I need to honor and obey my parents, but what if my parents are not necessarily good people? These are real questions. Can we, can we be real, New Song yeah, students? Like These are, are real. real questions. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to open up the table for all of you to ask for a friend. And oh, so here's... I think you should mention all of the questions you submit are going to be anonymous. anonymous. That's right. Please don't put your name on them and we'll <laughs> never know who sent them in. That's right. So... Um, right now, I need everybody to get your phone out. Get it. And uh, there's a number on the screen. It's kind of tiny, and I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make it that tiny. Did um, anyone need it to us to read it for them? No? Can, can everybody see that number? They're young. They got young eyes. Yeah, you guys are smart. Um, I need you to type <laughs> that you, number. Not you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to type that number in your phone, and then text ASKXO, and then once you do that, you can text any question that you have under the umbrella of relationships, and we will answer it. Remember, just make sure you don't put your name at the end because yeah. then we know who it is, okay? So don't be like, I want to know about this, dear, or uh, P.S., this, uh, this is me, Caleb. Don't do, don't do that. We want, it to be, <laughs> we want it to be completely anonymous, so don't give yourself away, please. Um, but that's asking for a friend. It's going to be incredible. Do not miss it. Somebody say, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. Don't miss it. Oh, by the way, you have till the end of the weekend to send your questions starting now. Ready, set, go. All right, go. Haley, you ready to get into this? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do it. do this. Okay, so tonight we're starting off this relationship series, and here's the big question that we want to answer for you, okay? Why 
do we even need to talk about relationships in the first place? Yeah. I feel like once I got into high school or middle school, I felt like like every message I listened to was like, have good relationships. And I was like, why does this matter all of a sudden? Like, why do we need to talk about relationships? So here's the answer. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because I think this could change your life. If you're not taking notes, I would like you to start taking notes right now. Um, here's the answer. You, your life can better contribute to what God is wanting to do in the world if you choose to live in pure and healthy relationships. That's good. Okay? For so sure. we talked about this a bit last week. I say we, but really you did. I did. Yeah, I, I didn't preach. But I want to remind you. What? Oh, one more. Okay, sorry. They want me to say it one more time. I'm a fast talker. Y'all aren't used to that. I'm sorry. Okay. Your life can better contribute to what God is wanting to do in the world if you choose to live in pure and healthy relationships. So good. Okay, so transitioning again. Jackson last week talked a little bit about this thing that Jesus said, and I want to remind you guys of this. It's in Mark 12. It's the greatest commandment, okay? Jesus tells us. Like, he doesn't leave us guessing. He tells us this is the greatest commandment. Mark 12, verse 30 says this, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Love your neighbor. Now, what can we take away from this verse? It's pretty simple. God cares about our relationships. So in this series, what relationships are we talking about? Because I'm pretty sure there's some of y'all in here that are like, yo, I ain't even dating. So this like, this don't apply to me. I'm just going to. Yeah, you're like, I can just check out for the next. Because like, I don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. No, no. We're talking about three different types of relationships. We're talking about dating, boyfriends, girlfriends, romantic-based relationships. We're talking about family. Yeah, we go in there like, how many of you live with people in your house? Yeah? Anyone else got family in here? You see family time to time? Yeah. Okay, we're talking about family. We're talking about friends. And these can be your close friends or literally just any person that you know, like somebody that you would get on an elevator with and actually talk to and not do that thing where you just push the elevator button and you're like, hey, like a friend, somebody you actually talk to, okay? I say hi to those people. I, Jackson says hi to everybody. I'm just like, hi, okay, I'm just going to, you know, ride the elevator. Um, so after telling you guys these things, how many of you would say that you know people, right? Okay, so this applies to everyone. All of us have these relationships in our life, and some of them are really good. They leave these positive impacts on us that grow us every day, and some of them are not so good. And they can leave this negative impact on our life. So regardless, your life, you will live with at least one, I did this, one, one of these types of relationships in it. And that's why it's important that we talk about this. So I know now that you guys are all taking notes. So in your notes, I want you to write this down. The title of the message is, It Starts With Me. Ooh. It, it starts, starts with, with me. me. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. All right, let's pray before we get into Yeah, go, this. Pastor Jackson. Y'all can bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Father God. I thank you so much for tonight. God, we thank you for meeting us in worship. I thank you so much that you're so faithful. Every time we invite you in, God, you always show up. And so we thank you. We're confident in the fact that you are in this room with us right now as we speak. And so, Father God, as we, as we step into this series on relationships and how to have relationships that you would be proud of, that you would love and look at and say, that looks like me, mm-hmm. help us to walk that out. Help this word to digest inside of us, in Jesus' name, and everybody say it. Amen. Amen. Okay, so there's something you need to know about Haley and I. I don't think they need to know it. I don't know if you guys need to know this, but I'm going to let you know this. 
for the sake of the illustration. Is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. fine. Um, we used to be so good at keeping our house clean. When he says we, he means he. I do mean me. I'm the, I'm the neat freak, and I'm the clean one in our relationship. You're clean, but I like things, you know, a certain way, right? And I say used to because, um, you know, we used to be really good at, like, cleaning the house once a week, like, deep clean every single room. We used to be really good at, like, getting laundry done and not, like, just letting it, like, you know, Laundry Mountain. Has anybody seen Laundry Mountain before? It's probably in your room right now. Um, we used to be really good at that. We used to be really good at, like, bathing our dogs at least once a month. Our poor dog does not get bathed anymore. I don't remember the last time he had a bath. He is brown. He's a little stinky. And he's a um, white dog. But I say, I say all that, uh, and I say a big used to, um, because ever since our sweet baby, Marlo Jane, showed up into the world, we don't clean as much as we used to anymore. And it's uh, messier. It's messier than have, it used to we be. Have, uh, our cleaning method now is just shove it in the closet. Or uh, just shove it in that corner where nobody's going to see it, like, you know, behind the door. So when it's open, you can't even see it. Does anybody, has anybody ever done that before? Uh, that's kind of been our, our method recently. Um, and uh, so, you know, whenever people come over, we clean. But we only clean, like, one room of the house. <laughs> so it's the good room. And so, like, when somebody comes over, you know, they're in our living room. And they're like, man, y'all's house is so clean and so cool. Look at it. And we're like, yeah. But, like, deep down, we're like, please don't go in the nursery or like do not go in our bedroom or you know what? Just stay in the living room. Like don't go anywhere. This is the good room. You're safe here. Um, and so I, I say all this because, uh, you know, we've all done this thing, right? Where there's a mess and instead of cleaning it, what do we do sometimes? We just shove it in the closet or we shove it under the rug or we just out of sight, out of mind. Does that make sense? We just kind of get out, get it out of the way so we don't see it. Um, and it's just out of our, it's out of our uh, sight. So we're like, I guess I'm fine. It's all clean. And we present people with the good room. I, I was actually um, back at Gateway. There used to be a guy, a preacher. He was also a comedian that also always came to Gateway. His name is Michael Jr. Have you ever heard of Michael Jr.? Uh, Michael Jr. is pretty funny. He's awesome. And he, he kind of tells it like this. He talks about how we all have this thing in our hearts called the good room. Somebody say the good room. The good room. So I need everybody to picture your heart, right? Not like the, the pumping heart, but like your soul heart. And picture it as a house. Got that picture in your head? So your heart is a house. Um, now, I want you to picture this house is really dirty. Like, think about a hoarder. Have you ever seen a hoarder before? Yeah. Like, think about... Think about the kitchen. You've got, like, dishes piled to the ceiling. Really bad. The living room's got, like, white carpet with a big, fat Kool-Aid stand. Anyone stain. drink Kool-Aid? No? Oh, Anybody there's some Kool-Aid? people. Okay, it could happen. Somebody's like, I like Kool-Aid. Um, it's messy. The closet, if you were to open it, you would die because all the stuff would fall on top of you and you'd just be smushed. Like, think about it. This is a dirty house, but... In this house, that is your heart, you've got the good room. Somebody say the good room. The good room. And uh, the good room, obviously, is the room with the window that faces the street, right? So that everybody can see. So people can look into the house. This is, you know, the window that the Christmas tree is facing so that everybody can see. It's the house that when people are walking by, 
And they look in the window. They're like, man, that house is so clean. Look at how neat that house looks. Look at how trendy those people are. It's the good room, right? But what they don't see is what? The mess, right? <laughs> My room. Did you say that? Yeah. What they don't see is every other room in the house is a complete disaster, right? So you've got this messy house, but you've got the good room on display. And then you've got Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. We like Jesus. Jesus, what he's doing as what the Bible says he does, he is knocking on the door of our heart. The Bible says Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. So he's at the door of this house. He's knocking, and he wants to come in because guess what? He knows what's on the other side of the house, right? Yeah. Jesus ain't dumb. He's real smart. He knows what's on the other side. He knows there's a mess in there, and he doesn't want to come in to point it out at you and condemn you. He's actually on the other side of that door, and he's got a big fat mop in his hand. Yeah. He's got rubber gloves on. He's got a big old bag of trash bags. He's got dish soap. Like, he is ready to come in and help you clean your mess. You got this picture of Jesus? So he's knocking at the door of your heart. He wants to come in. He wants to clean your mess. But what do so many of us do? We open the door of our heart. And we're like, oh, hey, Jesus. I didn't know you were coming. Here, just don't come in yet. I need to clean everything up. Uh, and I'll come back when it's clean. And then we slam, Jesus, the, we slam the door on Jesus' face. And we don't let him into our heart. Because we're like, I got to fix this mess on my own before Jesus can come in. Yeah. Or... We're a different person, and we're like, oh, Jesus, I didn't know you were coming. Okay, yeah, you can come in, but you can only stay in this room. And we, like, keep them in the good room. When Jesus is in our house, he says, I'm in your house. I want to clean your house. I want to help you clean this mess. But what so many of us do is we have this good room. Somebody say the good room. The good room. We have the good room, and it's on display but we're not opening our heart up for Jesus to come and clean the mess. Now, what, I say all that to say this. All of us probably have an area in our life where there is some mess in our hearts, right? Whether that's because of a relationship that we are in or that we're not in, or whether that's something that we're just wrestling with on the inside, we all have that one room in our house, in the house of our heart or in the closet of our heart, that is a mess that we need Jesus to come in and clean. But what so many, so many of us do is we only keep the good room on display. And what we want to talk about tonight is really the fact that when the good room is the only thing that people see, that hinders you from being in relationships with people. Come on. Um, and ultimately, it actually hinders you from being in relationships that God can use to, like, impact the kingdom for yeah. good. Because the kingdom of God is the church, right? And the church is not a building. I mean, this is a church, and we're in a church right now. But... What is the church? The church is a, it's us, right? It's a family. It's a, it's a group of people in relationship with each other. Now, if this group of family in relationship with each other is in a bunch of unhealthy, nasty, messy relationships, do you think we're going to make the impact that God wants us to make? No, there's no way. And so health is so important when it comes to how we're going to make an impact in this world, especially when it comes to relationships. So so we've talked about a, a couple things so far. We've talked about who this series is for. It's for everybody, right? We're all in relationships. We've talked about how a lot of, a, a lot of the times we have this only this one section of our heart that people see. It's the good room that we have on display, but everything else is a mess. So how do we have pure relationships? How do we have pure relationships? How do we walk in health? Yeah. So that's 
where we got the title of this message. How do you have a pure relationship? Well, it starts with you. Someone say it starts with you. Starts with you. Having a pure and healthy heart. It starts with you having a pure and healthy heart. Notice I didn't say it starts with your boyfriend not asking you to do things you shouldn't do. I also didn't say it starts with your mom being better and understanding you more. No, it starts with you. Other people, they can have an impact on your relationship with them, but the deep truth is this. Unless you are working on being healthy and pure, your relationships won't be. That's so good. You cannot determine other people's choices. The only person's choices you can affect is yourselves. Um, When multiple people are in relationship with each other and they make the choice to do things God's way, that's when we see relationships produce godly things. So good. By the so way, sidetrack here. In the same way, you can also decide not to be in a relationship with a person who's unhealthy. Like you may be thinking, well, what about my family? Like I'm in my family. I'm like stuck with my family forever. Yeah, you are. But you can decide if a person in your family is having an unhealthy relationship with you, you can decide how much they influence your life. Also, you can decide not to be in an unhealthy relationship with a friend or a boyfriend or a girlfriend because you know that that's not a good idea. You have that decision, side point made. It's good. Getting back Preach. on track here. Preach. Okay. So anyway, it starts with me. Okay, I want to show you this first. Check this out. Jesus here, he talks about false prophets and teachers who are teaching the Bible in unhealthy ways. And he's telling his disciples, this is how you can spot when one of these bad teachers shows up. It's in Matthew 7. It says this. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Did y'all catch that? It's a little tricky. Every tree that does not bear fruit, good fruit is cut down and then thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So some of y'all see what I'm going, where I'm going here, okay? Just like you can determine a bad teacher by bad fruit, you can determine a bad relationship by bad fruit. So good. So how can I tell if I'm in a healthy relationship? Good fruit. When you see bad fruit in your life, if it's coming out of your relationship, it's a product of this relationship, that's a pretty clear sign that something isn't right. So you may be asking now, well, what is good fruit? How do I even know what that looks like? And well, we're actually in a series on that right now. We are. On Sundays. So I just want to say, if you don't go on Sunday, shameless plug, come on Sunday. New song's awesome. Anyway, so we're in this series on Sunday talking about good fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Check this out. You are not in a good relationship if your boyfriend or girlfriend is asking you to do things that you're not okay with. That's not good fruit. Come on. You are not in a good fruit relationship if you come home every day and you fight and you yell with your parents. That's not kindness. That's not gentleness. And that's not love. You are not in a good fruit relationship if your friends are constantly getting you in trouble. Like you have that one friend that every time you guys hang out, you're grounded for like six weeks. Okay. That's (laughs) not good fruit. That's not peace. So here's the thing. You may be here right now hearing this and you're realizing that some of your relationships are producing bad fruits. Um, They're producing hurt. They're producing lust. They're producing guilt. They're producing bad habits. And what we want to talk about is that God actually desires to help you produce good fruit in that area. And we call this freedom. Freedom is when walls in our lives that have been created by other things are knocked down by God. Yeah, that's good. Actually, I want to give you um, a definition of what freedom is. So if you're taking notes, which you should be, write this down. Freedom is your ability 
to be who God created you to be. So if you think about that heart house that we talked about, the good room, that heart house is not functioning the way it's meant to be if it is in complete disarray and it's a mess and it's a disaster and it can't even function as a home. So what freedom is, is it's Jesus at the door of your heart with a mop, with all the cleaning supplies, and it's him coming in and you allowing him to fix things in you. Um, and so, you know, when we go through life, which we all know life is not easy. Can I get an amen? Amen. Like Jesus even, he warns, he warns this of us. He says, you will face trials. You will have rough spots with your family at times. You will be spoken terrible things over you at one point or another by a family member. You will blank. You will experience hurt. And what tends to happen when we experience life, when we experience things that hurt, is we combat it with like a defense mechanism. So for instance, say like, I don't know, you've got an older sibling. And at one point in your life, maybe when you were younger, they spoke something over you that hurt really deeply, right? I'm sure we've all got some, some recollection of somebody saying something that hurt really deeply to us. Well, what, what happens when that happens is we tend to put up a wall in our heart or like a defense mechanism that says, I don't want that to ever happen again. Yeah. And so what we do is we build this wall in our heart that we think is protecting us, but what it's actually doing is hindering us from pouring our heart out to God and pouring our heart out to other people. It, it kind of looks like this. We've That's got, good. I've never done an illustration before up here. That table so, might uh, be too short. Don't judge me. You have to like lean but, over. Uh, don't spill. I actually might need your help, love. Okay. Because I don't do want to, do? I've got one hand free. Oh. Okay. So. Well, let me move some things. This is kind of like, this is kind of like what, what it looks like. You've got these two people. These represent people. They can represent us. Sure. This is us. This I'm, is us. I have more water than I'm you. I'm half full. Are you half full? <laughs> <laughs> I'm competitive. I'm sorry. Okay, you keep she going. She is competitive. I know. Okay, so uh, these cups represent me and Haley. These are, this is my heart. This is Haley's heart. Okay, so in a relationship, the only way for you to be in relationship with other people is if you are able to pour your heart out to each other. This is how we relate to God, right? The Bible says God wants us to pour our heart out to God, so to communicate with him, right? And so what that looks like is us communicating with each other. We're pouring our heart out to each other. It's back and forth. This is what we do with, the, with people in relationships. This is what we do with God. Uh, but what tends to happen is, like I said, we walk through life. Who's ever walked through a hard scenario before? We all have. Maybe for us, I'm trying to think of a scenario. Maybe. Just make one up. Maybe one time, a long time ago, when we were dating, Haley said something to me that highlighted something insecure about me. I don't know. Maybe she said, oh, you look so good in that shirt. It makes you look so skinny. And I did not say that. I'm not say- this is hypothetical. I've always been into Jackson. This is hypothetical. But maybe she said something that, made, that ma- I took the wrong way. It made me feel insecure. And say, I, say shame was a part of that wall that I built up. It kind of just highlighted an insecurity in my heart. And so my defense mechanism is I'm never going to ever wear those clothes around Haley again. Or I'm going to do, I'm going to protect my heart from her ever saying something like that to me again. And so what happens is 
instead of just coming to her and saying, hey, what you said made me feel this way, and being transparent and vulnerable and kind of like coming and combating that wall right there, what tends to happen is we don't do that, and then this wall over time gets built and built, and then she might say something a year later that has nothing to do with that, but it triggers that feeling I felt and just continues to make that wall harder and harder to the point where, hopefully this works, I can now no longer pour my heart out to Haley. And what that wall does is it actually hinders us from being able to be in relationship with other people. And we might not think it does. We might think, well, yeah, but I still have friends. I still talk to people. But are you only giving them that good room? Or do they know, like, all of you? Right? Come on. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so here's what God wants to do. He does not want us to keep these walls in our heart because what those do is it doesn't just keep us from relating to people. It keeps us relating to him. It keeps us from being able to pour our heart out to him. And so before we get into how God helps us get through these things that we need to get freed from, we wanted to just take a second and highlight some specific walls. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to get real. We're going to get super practical. Again, want you guys taking notes on this because these things we're going to talk about, we have five things. They are not the only thing that God wants to free you from. We right. just, when we came together and studied out for this message, we felt like these are the top five things that we see keep people from relationships with each other and from relationship with God, okay? So write these things down. We think that even if you're not going through one of these things right now, it is something to look out for. And at the end, we're going to talk about some tools to yeah. continue to get free from these yeah. every day. Okay, number one is shame. And you sort of just touched on this with your illustration, (laughs) but that's okay. Uh, So shame and relationship. I want you to see this cup while we're talking about these, because this lid is what we're talking about when we talk about shame. So let's say that this lid is shame. Well, what it does is it blocks vulnerability in your relationship. If you are ashamed, you hide. If you are ashamed, you hide. And you can't be full and deep in relationship with anybody without being open and honest and therefore vulnerable. Um, what, we, what happens is we tend to go through these situations and we put this lid on ourselves, we put this wall up, and then we condemn ourselves for mistakes and issues and things that we did in the past. But that's not what Christ says about us. Take a look at this. It's in Romans 8, verse 1. It says, Now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. So here's an example. Maybe you had a relationship um, in the past, a dating relationship, and you went too far with this person, and you feel bad about that. Because of this mistake, you feel shame. Well, you hold on to that shame, and you choose, I'm never going to let that happen again, and I'm never going to let anyone know what I did. I'm not going to tell anybody what this mistake is. Because of that, you put a lid on your ability to be vulnerable with somebody else. And because of that lid, you are no longer able to go into a deep relationship with them that is healthy and that is pure. So good. So what we're saying is relationships, they require vulnerability. Yeah, like You that's can't good. be in a healthy relationship without being vulnerable, and so shame blocks that. Second thing that we wanted to highlight real quickly is unforgiveness. What does unforgiveness block? Unforgiveness blocks growth. Ooh. So unforgiveness blocks growth. It literally, what it does is it keeps us in the past. So you've probably experienced this before. If you've ever harbored unforgiveness in your hearts. Somebody says something to you. Maybe it was a parent or a brother or sister or just a friend at school or just a random person says something to you that hurts. Well, the thing about the, the hard thing about forgiveness is Jesus says we have to forgive. We have to forgive. That's the hard thing about it. It's not easy. Forgiveness is not easy. It's not just easy to, to release somebody from something that they did to you. 
But Jesus says we have to do it. And the reason why, especially in relationships that we're supposed to be deep with and God's called us to go deeper in, the reason why forgiveness is so important is because unforgiveness completely blocks growth. And so if you're in a relationship that God desires to take deeper and there's unforgiveness in your heart, what that's doing is keeping you from going any further in that relationship. And I think one thing that comes to mind with unforgiveness in relationships generally is family. For sure. Your family life cannot grow past a certain point if you're choosing to not forgive or not communicate so that you can forgive issues that are going on. 100%. So number two is unforgiveness. Number three is pride. Pride as a lid in relationships blocks perspective. It stops me from seeing you. Pride says I'm right. I know what I'm talking about. I don't need to understand anyone else except for myself. If we do not reach out and understand others, then we're not loving others like Jesus said. Come on. Um, we're not loving others as ourselves, a.k.a. we're producing bad fruit. That's and pride right. is hard. It's, pride it's is hard. a fruit that we produce ourselves. Especially and if I'm actually right. Yeah, me too. I'm always I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. If you are prideful, even if you have good relationships, you are hindering what God can do in your relationships because of your pride. Because the Bible says that God resists the proud. Come on. That's right. David preached on that, right? He did. It was good. You can go watch it. Yeah, he did. It's real good. Okay. <laughs> we're going to run through these because we're going long, but it's okay. I mean, it's good stuff. You guys okay with this? You hanging in? Okay. Uh, two more. Number four is this. We're going to talk about lust. What does lust block? Lust blocks truth. Oof. Write that down. Big one. Lust blocks truth in relationships because what it does is it creates a false reality. It, what it does is it creates a fantasy. Check this out. First uh, John 2.16 says this. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the, and the desires of the eyes and the pride and possessions, what, where, what is it? It is not from the Father, but it is from the world. So what am I talking about? What is lust? Lust is simply just wanting something that does not belong to you. Come on. And so, you know, this can look super different in relationships. But I think an easy way to think about this is... If you're dating somebody or you're not dating somebody, but you see somebody, say you're at school and you see this cute girl walk by and you begin to lust after that person. Well, what the world would say is, well, that's love. That's love. You like them. That's okay. But what does God's word say? That's not love. That's actually, we just talked about it this week and Pastor Josh just talked about it. That is actually a false reality. It's a false view of love because it's selfish. That person doesn't even belong to you, right? Yeah, and so what fear, or sorry, no, I just saw fear up there. <laughs> what lust does is it, it blocks us from actually living in reality. Yeah. And so that is something that God wants to free us from so that our relationships can grow. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, number five, this is the last one, fear. And he kind of spoiled it a minute ago. Sorry. You're okay. Um, fear. So fear in relationships. This is really important. Fear blocks. It blocks like this lid. It blocks love. So the opposite of love is actually not hate. It's fear. Check this out. In 1 John verse, well, I always do that. 1 John 4 verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. This is huge. Love and fear are opposites. It says so right there. Um, But the world's going to try to make us believe that love and hate is opposite. So we we come to a relationship. We're like, well, I don't hate them. Like, I'm not mean to them. 
I like so things I about them. them. I right? love them, right? Because I don't hate them. But you might be living in relationships where fear and anxiety are just coming up, and they're coming up, and they're coming up, and I want you guys to recognize that that's a lid. That's something that can keep you from living in the fullness that God Come has on. for you in so that relationship. Good. So listen, God's heart for you in all of these things we've mentioned is not for you to just go and figure out your relationships. God actually wants to heal you. Um, he wants to free you from these lids so that you can have healthier relationships here on earth and also so that God can work through those relationships and have a healthier relationship yes. with you. So if you resonate with any of the five lids we just talked about, here's what to do next. And I want to remind you guys the title of this message it starts with me. Confront those things. We tend to avoid messes in our lives. We like we shove them under the good room, yeah, right? right? But God doesn't avoid messes. And we actually see how God does this in Genesis. I brought this little Bible that's really cute. It's in my backpack. I'm we sorry. We didn't bring it up on stage. <laughs> that's okay. I'll just say the story the anyway. Yeah. Anyway. There's this little Bible that we read to Marlo every night. It's super cute because she falls asleep instantly, which I think is a good thing. She falls asleep and it kind of makes us cry. Well, yeah, like she's falling asleep and Jackson and I are reading this little kid's Bible like, oh my gosh, God, you're so good. Like, yeah. this, it's crazy. It's so good. And the way that they talk about Genesis in that Bible blows my mind every time. Right. Um, but they talk about this story where Adam and Eve, right? We all know Adam and Eve. They ate the fruit. And, and they know that they've messed up. And so God's walking through the garden and he's asking where they are. And in the storybook Bible, the book we read to Marlowe, it says, when God asked for Adam, Adam said, I got to hid from you. I'm scared of you. Oof. Okay, I'm scared of you. Man. And I think this is so powerful because Adam and Eve, they make this big mistake. They go against God and they know it. So they're afraid of him because of their mistake. I know I felt that way before. I think every lid we just talked about tonight makes us feel that way. We don't want God to see it. We don't want to come to God. And by the way, here's a red flag for you. If you're in a relationship in your life and it makes you scared of God, you got to fix that. You got to work on that. That's an ultimate red flag. All right, so the real story, not the Bible story version that we read to Marlo, the real story that is in like a version you could find on your phone. Right. Is Genesis 3, verse, it starts in verse 8. It says, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking around in the garden, so they hid from him among the trees. Then the Lord called to them, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. And here's the point I want you to catch in this story. God confronts lovingly. I just said, if you have any of these lids going on in your life, it's time to confront that. It's time to get free from that. But here's the thing. When you bring these things to God, God confronts lovingly. Look at this story, okay? God already knew what they had done. Like, he knew that they ate the fruit. I wanted to say apple. I don't know what the fruit looked like. Could have been a mango. Maybe. But the, he <laughs> knew they, they ate the fruit. He knew what it meant. He asks, where are you? Right. He knows where they are. Right. He's God. But because he's so kind and loving, he walks to them, and he kindly asks for them. He confronts their sin, but he does it with love. The message tonight that, that we're saying, I mean, this is some heavy stuff. Right. Some of it may really hit home for some of you, and some of you may be here today like feeling just a little bit exposed um, from some of the things that we said, like we read your mail. Here's what I want you to know, that God confronts in love, and just like God confronts in love, that's what we want to do, too, if you're sure. in the room and you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable from this message because you know that there are relationships in your life that need some work, 
It's time. It's time to confront those things that are not okay to get free so that God can use your pure and healthy relationships to impact the world. Yeah, come on. Somebody say it starts with me. It starts with me. Jay, you want to put some music on? Before we go out into small groups, uh, I want to just give you guys a second to maybe see what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us because we just hit a bunch of stuff. We kind of just plowed through this. But here's the thing. Uh, We've all at one point or another experienced bad fruit in our life. Every single one of us. And you may be sitting here tonight, and there, there's bad fruit in some of the relationships that you're in, and check it out. It's not even your fault. Maybe you're here tonight, and you are eat, you're eating of bad fruit, and it is not your fault. Or maybe you're, you're here tonight, and you're producing bad fruit, and it is your fault. I don't really care where you're on the spectrum tonight. We all get the lid taken off the same way. Yeah, come on. It's by confronting it. We have to confront it and acknowledge that it's there in the first place. And then we just sang about it in worship. You can have my heart, not just the good room in my heart, right? Every single room in my heart. And so I want to give you us just an opportunity to let God confront us, if that's okay with you guys. Can you guys just bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Father God, we thank you that you're such a sweet, sweet God. That you, you see us when we're feeling shameful. You're, you see us when we're experiencing life and maybe eating of bad fruit or producing bad fruit. You see that. And you don't see that and come and point that out to us and say, hey, get your act together. But you come and you want to clean up and help us and take that lid off of our hearts and help us to, to be pure and to be healthy and to be whole so that we can be in relationships that produce health and are whole and are good. And so right now, just, Holy Spirit, we invite you in to show us what that lid is in our heart. What's that room in my heart, Jesus, that I haven't allowed you to come and clean yet? What's that area in my life that I have been neglecting and, and shoving under the rug and pretending it's, it's okay when really it's not. What room is that? I thank you, Father God, for speaking to us tonight. And I thank you for showing us what that room is. And I pray, God, that tonight wouldn't just be a night that we acknowledge what the room is, but tonight would be a night that we start to give you authority in that room. We start to give you space to to do what you do best, which is clean up our mess. I thank you so much for every single student here tonight. And I thank you for meeting us here. And I pray that, God, as we continue to go into small group and just dig into this message a little bit more and figure out uh, where we're at in this message. God, I pray that you would, you would speak to us, that you would use our leaders to speak truth into our hearts and help us to just walk out in pure and healthy relationships, God. I thank you for this series. I thank you for what you're teaching us. We love you and we praise you. And it's in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.